0: From Tokyo, Japan, and Changsha, China, this is Down to Business English, with your hosts, Skip Montreux and Des Morgan.
1: Des Morgan, great to be back behind the microphones with you again. And you too, Skip. How is life treating you over there in Tokyo? Hmm. As we record this, I am in the midst of enjoying my golden week. You remember golden weeks
2: from when you lived here in Tokyo, don't you, Des? I do, though I never really did that much. No? I always found getting in and out of the city to be a nightmare because it seemed like the entire city went on holiday at the same time. So to be honest, I usually just stayed at home. (laughs) And that is exactly what I am
1: doing this year. It's giving me a chance to catch up on some chores around the house and record this episode with you. How about you?
2: What's going on for you over there in Changsha? Well, I'm off for three days this week as well. Oh, nice. But unfortunately, I was a bit slow off the mark in the train ticket scramble two weeks ago. So I ended up ticketless, and I'm not going anywhere either. Train ticket scramble. What's that? (laughs) Yeah, train tickets here are released exactly two weeks before the scheduled departure time. So in busy times like now, they sell out almost instantaneously when they go on sale. Well, better luck next time. And what about the world of business in China? What's going on there? quite a lot, actually. Tesla is planning to build a new factory just outside Shanghai. Oh, that is big news. Yeah, and French President Emmanuel Macron and Brazilian President Lula da Silva have just finished state visits. China has just started allowing Brazilian beef imports again after they were prohibited for several months due to an outbreak of mad cow disease in Brazil. I actually knew about that outbreak. And another really big business story recently has been Alibaba announcing they are restructuring.
1: Yes, that is big news. They are
2: splitting into six independent business units. That's right, and that announcement coincided with Jack Ma returning to China and back into the public eye after keeping a very low profile for the last two years. And is this what you will be reporting on today? I am indeed, although I reserve the right to return to the Tesla story in a future episode. Sounds good. So let's do it. Let's get D2B down to business with Alibaba's big breakup and the return of Jack Ma.
1: It is interesting that you will be reporting on Jack Ma's return to China. Uh, Why is that? Well, because I was reading reports just this morning that Jack Ma has joined the University of Tokyo's,
2: Tokyo College, as a visiting professor. Well, the key word there is visiting professor. He is most definitely back in China. But it doesn't surprise me that he's listed as a visiting professor. Apparently, he spent quite a lot of time in Japan over the last few years. Oh, I was aware of that too. He was also spotted in Spain, Australia and
1: Hong Kong. And what was prompting him to keep a low profile and not
2: spend so much time in China? To answer that, we have to go back a couple of years. Over the course of 2020 and 2021, the Chinese government went into full-on regulatory mode and crack down hard on private-run businesses, especially those in the tech sector. I recall
1: us reporting on that situation on D2B at the time.
2: We did indeed. In D2B 186, China's regulation crackdown, you and I discussed how the government had entered a new era that prioritised economic fairness for the general population rather than simply maximizing profits for private business. And there were a whole series of actions
1: the government took against big business at that time. I recommend that
2: listeners go back and give that episode a listen.
1: It is definitely worth
2: checking out for more background information. But just to recap, and to help circle back as to why Jack Ma had been staying away from China... The story started in October of 2020 when the Ant Group was gearing up for its IPO. And the Ant Group was founded by Jack Ma and is an affiliate of Alibaba. Yes, it is. It's basically the financial wing of the Alibaba empire. It operates the Alipay mobile wallet application, which along with WeChat Pay, is ubiquitous in all forms of Chinese commerce. Now. If memory serves me right,
1: the Ant Group IPO was actually going to be a dual IPO. It was supposed to be listed on both the Hong Kong stock market
2: and the Singapore exchange. That's a pretty good memory you have there, Skip. And had the IPO gone through, it was set to have been the largest IPO in history. But it didn't happen. No, it didn't. It was torpedoed by Chinese regulators following Jack Ma's criticism of the financial regulatory system here in China. And of course, that criticism did not sit well with Chinese authorities. (laughs) Not in the least. And that is when Jack Ma disappeared from public sight. Was he actually arrested or detained by authorities? Uh, No, nothing like that. But he did have meetings with government officials and the word on the street was that he got a good dressing down. In other words, Jack Ma received a very severe reprimand from them. The next thing you know, he was cancelling engagements and was avoiding the spotlight. Which, for a guy like Jack Ma, is out of character.
1: Yeah, completely. And after that, he maintained a low profile, spending most of his time outside of China.
2: For the most part, yes, that's true. But that all changed on March 27th this year when he resurfaced in his old stomping ground of Hangzhou. That is the city on mainland China where he was born, isn't it? It is also where Alibaba and its subsidiaries are located. And the day after Ma resurfaced there, Alibaba announced they were restructuring. They would split into six independent businesses and that each company may pursue independent IPOs in the future. A move that must have been blessed by regulators. Of course. In fact, it all looks very orchestrated. Orchestrated? What makes you say that? Because the Chinese government's attitude towards Alibaba and the Ant Group is a barometer of their view of private business in general, and the tech sector in particular. And if you hadn't noticed, China's economy has been having a pretty tough time as of late. They definitely want to encourage private business again. And if you look at the timeline of events over the last 12 months, it's hard not to see who is in charge. In 2020, the push was to put stiff regulations on big businesses to prevent them from becoming more powerful than the CCP. And that was what the crackdown was about. Fundamentally, yes, if the Ant Group had IPO'd, it would have put them in an incredibly powerful position, and that would have left the government with very little control over them. Hmm, I see. Then last July, under pressure from regulators, Ant Group executives resigned from Alibaba. Now, why would the government insist on that? To comply with corporate government standards they feel are necessary having Ant Group executives also in charge of Alibaba would be quite monopolistic and would open the door to corruption. True. But it is ironic that a communist government is (laughs) anti-monopoly. Possibly. Fast forward to January the 6th of this year. Again, under more pressure from the government, Ma officially ceded control of the Ant Group, retaining just 6% of the stock. And that was in January? Uh, Yes.
1: And in March, Alibaba suddenly splits into six smaller
2: businesses and Jack Ma returns. Most analysts say that Ma's return was specifically timed for the Alibaba announcement to help stabilize the markets. And what was the market's reaction to Alibaba's restructuring? Investors took it as a positive sign that the era of strict regulations against private businesses in China was coming to a close. Alibaba Group Holdings Limited US shares soared, well, initially at least. Initially? Yeah, after surging 14% on Wall Street and 12% on the Hong Kong exchange within a day of the announcement, things then cooled off substantially. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, most of those gains have been completely wiped out due to other movements in the market. Other moves in the market.
1: Would you be referring to SoftBank's sell-off of Alibaba shares?
2: I would. SoftBank took advantage of the surge in Alibaba share prices and sold $7 billion of stock. That move caused Alibaba's share price to once again fall. That is so
1: amazing. SoftBank was one of Alibaba's earliest investors back in 2000. Masayoshi-san invested something like $20 million originally. That investment then ballooned to $60 billion when Alibaba went public in 2014. I think at its peak, SoftBank had a 34%
2: stake in Alibaba. Well... After last month's big sell-off, that figure is now down to just 3.4%. Incredible.
1: Tell me, Des. Everyone knows that Jack Ma and Masayoshi's son from SoftBank are good friends. And Ma was spending a lot of time in Tokyo while he was staying out of sight. Do you think Ma urged him to get out of
2: Alibaba? Well, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. But at the same time, I'd have to say it's highly unlikely. SoftBank had a disastrous 2022, posting a net loss of $23 billion. So it's clear that SoftBank needs capital to stay afloat. Son himself has acknowledged that SoftBank is clearly in defensive mode at the moment. Masayoshi-san, SoftBank
1: vision fund that is an entire d2b episode in itself well it sure would be but let's leave that for another day absolutely for now i think it is time for us to get d2v down to vocabulary
0: Do you find down-to-business English helpful in your English studies? Consider becoming a D2B member today to learn and retain even more words, phrases and expressions used by native English speakers in professional situations. What do you get with a D2B membership plan? First, bonus content in the form of exclusive members-only D2B episodes. Second expanded D to V, or down to vocabulary episodes that accompany each public episode of Down to Business English. Third, full access to the entire library of D to B audio scripts, all the way from season one, episode one, to our most recent D to B episode. And on top of all of that, D2B members receive automatic email delivery of audio scripts for recently released episodes. No longer will there be the need to go through the time-consuming process of visiting the website, logging into your account, locating an episode, and then downloading the audio script file. Interested in becoming a D2B member? Visit the Down to Business English website and click on the membership link at the top of the page to sign up and start enjoying these benefits today.
1: I will get the ball rolling today with the expression to be slow off the mark. When you say you are slow off the mark, you are saying that you are reacting too slowly to a situation. So slow, in fact, that you are likely missing out on an opportunity. The opposite expression is to be quick off the mark. That's right. Not fast off the mark, but quick off the
2: mark. To be quick off the mark or slow off the mark comes from the world of track and field. It indicates that a runner has started the race either quickly or slowly at the sound of the starting pistol, the mark being the runner's starting position. (laughs) In our conversation, Des
1: used slow off the mark. When we were talking about our golden week experiences, he mentioned that he was slow off the mark and was not able to get train tickets when they went on sale. In other words, he acted too slowly and the tickets sold out before he had a
2: chance to purchase one. You could use this expression in business to discuss the speed at which a company reacts to competition or to trends in the market. Can you give us an example? Sure can. Microsoft has been very quick off the mark integrating ChatGPT into their Bing search engine and other software products. That is very true. Conversely, Google has been very slow off the mark implementing AI technology into their services. I haven't even tried Google Bard yet. Neither have I. Next up, we have the adjective ubiquitous. Something that is ubiquitous is something that's found everywhere or used in all situations. In the story, I commented that payment apps are ubiquitous in China because almost all transactions are completed using them. In other words, people use payment apps for every purchase they make. 99% of the time. Do you know what? I don't even carry cash anymore.
1: With the advent of casual summer attire for office workers here in Tokyo, the once ubiquitous blue suit and necktie is no longer the standard dress code for men. It's still popular, but
2: not as ubiquitous as twenty years ago. I will finish D2V today with the expression the realm or realms of possibility. This is a set phrase that means to be possible.
1: And it is often used with the preposition beyond, either in a positive statement, to be beyond the realm of possibility, which means
2: impossible,
1: or in a negative statement, to not be beyond the realm of possibility.
2: Which means it's possible, although it may not be very likely. How was it used in our report, Des? I commented that it was not beyond the realms of possibility that Jack Ma suggested to Masayoshi Son to sell SoftBank shares in Alibaba. In other words, it is possible that that happened. But you went on to say it was unlikely. However, it's still possible.
0: Would you like to help D2B reach more people wanting to improve their business English skills? Be sure to follow D2B on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any place podcasts are found. While you are there, leave a rating and a review and tell everyone how much you enjoy the show.
1: Thank you very much for that report on Jack Ma's return to China and Alibaba's
2: restructuring announcement, Des. My pleasure, Skip. There are certainly a lot of interesting developments happening in Chinese business at the moment. No doubt about that.
1: And we are counting on you to keep us informed about those developments. D2B members, the bonus vocabulary for today's episode will drop within 24 hours. The
2: bonus vocabulary that Skip and I will go through will be to circle back, to torpedo something, the word on the street, a barometer, and to seed. So D2B members, look for that members only bonus episode in your members only RSS feed. And as Skip said, it will drop within the next 24 hours. In fact, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that it will be released sooner.
1: And if you are not a D2B member, do consider becoming one. D2B memberships give you access to our complete library of audio scripts, bonus vocabulary for each public episode, like today's, and exclusive member-only D2B
2: episodes. To become a member, all you have to do is visit the D2B website and click on the membership link at the top of the page for more information. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Have a comment or question about today's show? Don't be shy. Visit the D2B website or Facebook page and post any comments or questions there. Skip, Des or Samantha will be sure to leave a reply. Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English.